Welcome to This is the Author, where authors talk about narrating their audiobooks. In this episode, meet CEO of the Robin Hood Foundation, Wes Moore, psychiatrist and Brown University professor Christine Montross, and Princeton University professor Eddie S. Claude Jr. Whether examining a city's response to police violence, revealing the connection between psychological vulnerability and incarceration, or using the life and works of a visionary thinker to shine a light on race in America. Each of these authors unearths complicated truths about their subjects, while revealing even deeper societal implications. Listen in as they describe what it was like to record their audiobooks. Plus, find out who has a morning voice and an after-lunch voice. Enjoy. Hey everybody, this is Wes Moore, and I'm the author of Five Days, The Fiery Reckoning of an American City. The title, in many ways, helps accept the tone for what this book is about. What I do with this book is, I look at five days in the city of Baltimore through the eyes of eight different people. The five days really surrounded the unrest that took place around the death of Freddie Gray in Baltimore City about five years ago, where a 25-year-old young man died in police custody. And the riots and unrest and uprising that took place around his death. But the thing I really wanted to explore with this was not just understanding what it meant for those five days and what it meant through the eyes of these eight different people who all represented different stratas of life and society, but what were the other big takeaways that I hope people would get from it? What did his death tell us, the living, about how we should address the conditions that existed for people like Freddie Gray and for so many people that are growing up in poverty in urban, in rural, and in suburban communities all over this country. So the questions I really wanted to understand and ask were, what happened and what do we do next? And I hope that in this book, Five Days, we're able to have a better understanding of those two questions as we think about all of our communities moving forward. I was really inspired by the people who are on the ground doing the work. I was inspired by these characters, by these eight people who allowed me into their lives, who let me take a walk through their eyes about what it was like over these five days. And I found so much of what they said inspiring. I found what they told me challenging. I found what they said to be illuminating. And you saw how even though none of these people really knew each other, prior to this, how this one singular moment very much brought them all together in a way that I'm excited to share with all of you. Narrating my audiobook was tiring and exhilarating. I think you forget, you know, how it feels to sit for hours at a time to go through, but it was exhilarating because this was years of work, years of research, years of interviews, years of emotions, of ebbs and flows that is now in this product that I've now just spent days sitting down in a studio and reading off to you. So I found it to be a very, uh, again, tiring but exhilarating process because I'm proud of this piece of work. 
there are actually a lot of words that I realized I had trouble pronouncing throughout this process, or actually words that I realized I was saying wrong for years. So it was actually good going through the process of figuring that out. The other thing is, is that I'm a Baltimore guy, so my Baltimore accent kicks in every now and then. And so since this book, I'm able to tell the story from a few different lives and a few different perspectives. And some of them are very much Baltimoreans. Being able to delve in and out of my Baltimore accent was actually kind of fun. So the nice thing about this story is because part of it is seen from my perspective and part of it is seen from these eight other people's perspective, I was able to kind of tap into my different accents to try to help tell the story and help the listener to differentiate who they're listening to at that specific moment. I'm really excited about the conversation that I hope this book draws out. No matter where you are on the spectrum of emotions, no matter who you think is right or who you think was wrong, in this whole situation, there's probably a character in this book that you resonate with. And no matter where you are, there is probably a character in this book that you completely disagree with. And that's okay. Part of the point of the book was to actually introduce a variety of different perspectives and a variety of different takes on the same moment, on the same incident, on the same era, because that in many ways is how life is, where people will all view the same thing and come up with very different takeaways and very different ideas about what we're supposed to gauge and what we're supposed to take away from that moment. So the thing I'm excited about is the fact that I want people to dig in and really understand where these characters are coming from. And particularly if it's a character who you might not agree with, understand them, think about them, Think about why they feel the way that they feel and then being able to take something back for the ideas and the opinions that you have about this incident and more. If I wasn't going to record my audiobook, I would cast Michael K. Williams. We played Omar in The Wire. I just think he's not just a remarkable human being in the work that he's doing around criminal justice work, but also I think the level of diversity that he has about the roles that he takes on, his ability to dip in and out of different roles and different characters is extraordinary. And uh, because I have seen and so admire his work in The Wire, I know that he also understands the Baltimore accent and Baltimore culture, which would be very important for me when it comes to the casting and the recording of this audiobook. So if I wasn't going to be doing it, I think Michael K. Williams would have been an outstanding choice. I do listen to audiobooks, and I think the last really good one that I listened to relatively recently, because also I think the reader really pulls you in, was a book called Ghetto Side by Jill Leovi. The book really goes into detail about Los Angeles 20 years ago, the society, the culture, policing, the environment. It's a really interesting book, and I got a lot out of it. So, And I do a lot of running, and so I listen to a lot of audiobooks when I'm running. And that book really helped me make it through some pretty long and intense runs. So Ghetto Side by Giuliovi. And now listen to a clip from Wes Moore's audiobook. 8.59 a.m. At Druid Hill Avenue and Dolphin Street, the van driver requests a secondary unit to drive over and check on Freddie in the back of the van. Minutes later, the van Freddie is riding in is requested to go to 1600 North Avenue to pick up another recently arrested individual. There's some communication between the police officers and Freddie, and his behavior and physical condition seem off, enough so that the officers will later admit that there was concern at that point that they needed to assess Mr. Gray's condition, how we responded, were we able to act accordingly.
Hi, this is Christine Montross, author of Waiting for an Echo, The Madness of American Incarceration. I wrote my book because in my work as a psychiatrist in an inpatient hospital, my patients were often coming into contact with police and sometimes serving time in jail and prisons. And I realized that the reasons that they were arrested and sometimes incarcerated were often the very same reasons that they might have otherwise been hospitalized and had very much to do with their symptomatology and not so much to do with criminal intent or misbehavior. So I wanted to look at why they sometimes ended up in care and sometimes ended up in places of punishment. It felt exciting at the end of the long process of writing a book and waiting for it to be published to read it through in a series of settings and feel like it was a real thing going out into the world. I included a section of Dante's Inferno in the book that is a beautiful section when other people read it in Italian, but I do not speak Italian, so I do speak French, so that helped me a little bit, but I was able to hear an Italian speaker speak those lines, and then I practiced a lot with my daughter sounding it out, and it was fun to try to do at least. I think because this book is very much written in my own voice, it felt really right for me to be reading the words in my own voice. So the book is narrated in very much the way that I think and the way that I write, and that's an exciting thing to be able to share with listeners. I listen to audiobooks all the time because I drive long distances to jails and prisons to do competency evaluations. The last one that I listened to was Beloved by Toni Morrison, and it was like this wonderful, genius, beautiful writer whispering this incredible story in my ear. I could have listened to it three times in a row and not gotten tired of it. So I only and always listen to them in the car, but it just makes the time of the drive fly by, and it makes me feel like I'm missing out less on all the books that I want to read. And now, listen to a clip from my audiobook. The aim of this book, its only aim, is to look closely at the psychiatric effects of American punishment and ask whether the results we yield align with the societal standards to which we hold ourselves and with the goals we set out to achieve. This is a question with enormous stakes for all of us, free and imprisoned alike. We say that we incarcerate people in America because we want safer communities and justice, yet our current practices provide neither. Our practices are antithetical to these aims. Hey, this is Eddie Glaude. I'm sitting here in New York City, and I just finished recording the audio version of my new book, Begin Again, James Baldwin's America and its Urgent Lessons for Our Own. I wrote Begin Again because James Baldwin seems so extraordinarily relevant in our current moment. He understood that America had repeatedly turned its back on its stated commitments. And I've been reading Jimmy for about 30 years now. And I decided to ask him to help me think about this moment where we are confronting the ugliness of our politics and trying to figure out what kind of country we're going to be. I've always been inspired by his courage and his conviction. 
I've always been a student of his language, of his insightful way of thinking about the world. And so this has just simply been a joy to write. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that word would be challenging. You know, I'm a professor, so I'm always reading, but I'm not always reading out loud. And so it was strange to try to hear your voice and to hear your voice change and over time, right? What it sounds like in the early morning and what it sounds like after lunch. So it's just a challenge of trying to uh, maintain a certain kind of consistency and stamina. I mean, to read all of these pages, you know, all day. My God. <laughs> well, there were so many words, right? So there is the name of the filmmaker Sadat Pakai, and I kept calling him Sadat Pakai, and it was uh, quite hilarious over the course of of us trying to uh, get the book done. But it was fun. They were gentle with me. I was trying to convey the passion and conviction that I felt when I was in my study by myself writing the sentences. I want the reader to feel what I feel. And I guess if there's a moment where I'm proudest of the narration are those moments when I think the emotion came through most clearly. I think the introduction in particular and the conclusion, I like the way those came off my lips, I suppose. But uh, it, was, it was great. It was great. Who is your dream narrator, living or dead, if you hadn't read it yourself? Mahershala Ali. I think he would be great. You know, just as a, a contemporary actor, uh, I think he could capture the range of emotion, my anger and my passion and my love. I'm listening to this stunning novel, Milkman, by Anna Burns. It won the Booker Prize, I think, in 2018. And it's just stunning. Stunning in part because the writing is just so brilliant. And it's read with an Irish accent. And it just kind of speaks to the, the romantic side of me, I suppose. I just love that accent. I listen to audiobooks in the car and on airplanes. In the car, it allows me to kind of clarify my thoughts in some ways. But in the airplane, it keeps the busyness of the world at bay and allows me to relax a bit. Here's a short clip from my audiobook. Baldwin worried about the young men and women like an older brother who did not know exactly how to protect them from the dangers he already glimpsed ahead. For him, the brutality of Bull Connor's dogs and fire hoses in Birmingham had already foreshadowed what was to come, revealing a depth to the country's depravity that no single piece of legislation could cure. This is the Author is a production of Penguin Random House Audio. Thank you for listening. For more behind-the-mic content and audiobook recommendations, visit www.penguinrandomhouseaudio.com slash nextlisten.